themselves and 360 the world. Jamie Neal, the host, asks many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. We're supported by General Assembly and that's right, you can get a 25% discount for their services. Promo code is 360yourself25. The code will be valid up to £75 off any one of their classes, workshops and boot camps and is valid until the 31st 08 2021 and is not applicable to GA's full-time, part-time or online circuit courses. Full T's and C's apply. Here at 360 Yourself, we are very proud and honoured to be partnered with General Assembly. We embrace this with open arms to a new adventure. General Assembly is a global tech education company focused on the most in-demand areas today. So that's anything from UX, digital marketing, coding, data science, data analytics, to travel writing and ethics. Our slash their main goal is to get you where you want to be. You can find out more about them at ga.co online or across all socials at ga underscore London. We also encourage you to please rate and comment about us on Apple Podcasts. If you do enjoy what we bring to your ears, we'd love to hear about it. Hello, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you this morning? Very, very well, thank you. So um, I always ask my guests these, these questions or this question. Because obviously we have COVID at the moment and a lot of people have left their cities, left where they usually are. Whereabouts are you based at the moment? I am based in Los Angeles, but to, to, the, to the COVID pandemic question, I actually spent the majority of it in um, my other home, my native hometown, Chicago. But I'm Oh, Los wow. <laughs> um, and what was your experience um, having COVID in, in Chicago? You know, it, it was really, it was a little worse than it was in California. So I left California on the first end of, um, of the pandemic mm -hmm. and then got to, went to New York. I think you will be interested in this, Jamie. Went to New York for the closing of a play, the Soldiers um, a play story. And uh, I was standing in front of the New York um, ticket, Broadway ticket booth when it said that Broadway is officially closed no way. 2020. <laughs> so then, so I was in New York when really, you know, the NBA called it quits and the Broadway and one by one, all the industries began to shut down. And then I took a plane like on, that was March the 12th. And then on March 16th, flew to Chicago and didn't come back to Los Angeles um, until February of 2021. So it was, you know, Chicago got hit really hard 
it was really, you know, just painful seeing something of this nature happening so much in the Midwest and on the East Coast. But um, California, they were a little lighter with it um, after kind of the first end of it in February and March. It kind of mellowed out a little more in California. So we had to ride it out in Chicago, but I was safe. And, um, you know, my family and I, we were well. So we were so grateful for that. That's good. I can also understand and relate to you because I was in the West End when the theatres closed. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, my we were back, we were meant to go see a, a musical. Me and my family, I think it was the Miz or something. And oh, this is when, and then they, and I said to my family, I was like, I don't think it's safe to go to the theatre tonight. I was like, this, is, it's not. I don't think we should be going. And then, like within half an hour, all the theatres closed, and I was like, this is serious now. This is like every theater is closed it's crazy i know it was you know when you're in when you're in the entertainment industry or the arts industry or media you know these are things that that you can we live in a world of make believe at times unless you're a journalist you know and so to live through something like what we lived through it just seemed like a movie that we wrote but we literally lived through that life experience and thank god we're a lot more on the tail end of it and just praying also for our sisters and brothers in india and other parts of the world who may still be uh, in the ravishing parts of, of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and how did you spend most of your time in COVID did, was you still working on stuff or did you sort of take a break because for me personally like the first three months I didn't do absolutely anything the first wave I didn't do anything well you know I did the opposite um you know being a creative and a visionary and a writer as well you know while I'm a producer I'm also I'm a writing producer as well and I tell you, it was, I took it as an opportunity, stop the world and let me catch up. And so I, um, during the pandemic, I uh, did a rewrite on, on a movie that I'm working on right now. And I also uh, did a, I actually created a new comedy series that is um, being pitched in um, currently with the networks. And so that's pretty exciting. And I literally, um, you know, did some rebranding. It was, so I really maximized. You got busy then. <laughs> I got busy. I really did. I think maybe the first month I watched some movies and caught up on some Netflix and some other, you know, um, you know, I was watching some of the releases that were coming out, um, you know, HBO Max or like Hamilton and all that other kind of wonderful good stuff. But yeah, I, I said, look, you know, <laughs> this is a time to really focus and, and go in and keep my, um, keep my positive energy and my creative energy flowing. Mm -hmm. I know I, I, I only, it was only the second lockdown that I actually did something. I wrote, I wrote a comedy series um, oh, on, the, on the second time. Cause I was like, well, I've got some time. I've got some <laughs> ideas, but it, it seems that either people went one or two ways. They were like, oh, I really needed a break. And so this is a really great time to have like, have that time to yourself. What well, other people would like, well, now I can catch up and the world, the, the world stopped, but I can still keep going and actually do things. <laughs> exactly. And I, I just would say to that point too, um, I did get, you know, some downtime and it was really some precious time with my mom because, you know, I'm bi-coastal for lack of a better term. I, I spend the majority of the year in Los Angeles and then about 20% or 30% of the year in, in my other home, Chicago. And so for me, it was really um, a time to spend even more time with, with my mom. Um, had my dad unfortunately passed away 
two years ago. And so, um, you know, I'm an only child I'm from Chicago and have lived in Los Angeles since, uh, since the early 90s. And so, um, you know, it, it was just really good, a nice healing time, just bonding even more. I'm already close to my mother, but we just really were able to, to be there with and for each other, you know, as two powerhouse women, you know, just making new transitions in our life, but also living through a pandemic. And I'm just glad we had each other because it was scary times. And even though, you know, you have an independent spirit and, and you have faith and, and you know that this too soon shall pass, it was just good to, to be with each other and to have other family in Chicago that I could be with. For sure, for sure. So talking about kind of like your family, how did it all start? Your family creative? How did you get into producing and writing in the entertainment industry? Yeah, so um, interestingly enough, um, I, my, my dad had a twofold career. He was a, a musician, a singer. Uh, in a group, and um, but he was also in IT um, for a, for the railroad, um, and uh, and so you know his his singing career was was like the part time, but was something that could have been full time, but he chose family when kind of the rubber started meeting the road, um, you know, and so he just continued to stay um, in in the job that really created that strong stability for the family, and uh, so I was always in the basement. Music was kind of my foundation of being exposed to my my dad and just the entertainment aspect and performance and I would just sit in the basement listening um you know to him and his group sing and they were really great I mean they they you know Motown had actually um asked them to come and audition and my dad was actually um courted by uh, the Shy Lights you know which is a doo-wop group uh, and so you know, it was just really, for me, I was surrounded by it. And so I started singing and dancing when I was two years old. Um, you know, my parents put me in the arts. And, and so I just really excelled in it. I was, you know, I'm, ampro I'm an ampervert. So I'm very proficient, love, love, love school. And, uh, but I was extremely creative and, uh, and just visionary. So tap, ballet, jazz, uh, you know, I just started at age two. And then by age 14, I was actually doing musical theater. And so theater is my foundation, which I love, and it's very close to my heart. Um, and so as a freshman in high school, I was getting paid as the youngest cast member um, of, of musicals uh, in the Chicagoland area, uh, at, you know, like places at the Airy Crown. And so written up in the Chicago Tribune and sometimes, you know, just for being youngest cast member and some of the wonderful things that I was blessed to do during, during those, um, productions um, during those plays and musicals. But it was at age 16 that I was actually doing what I was calling presentations in, in, in high school. And my best friend, I went to a prep school, St. Ignatius in Chicago, well-known prep school. And she said, Danita, what are you gonna be the singing and dancing doctor? Because I was very smart in math and science. And of course, you know, during that time, if you were smart in math and science, it's engineer, doctor, lawyer, you know, those are kind of the usual suspects. And so, uh, Jamie, it was it was interesting when she asked me that I said, well, uh, what do you mean? And she said, you know, you're just so creative. And what are you going to do with all this creativity? And I was also in the dance company. I was I was in a junior in the in the Joe Hall dance company in Chicago. So dance and singing and musicals were so heavily part of my life that she really felt like you really need to talk to my dad. So I talked to her dad, who just happened to be a producer. 
and he's he also his alma mater was uh northwestern and i was i had my eye on northwestern so he was totally like okay i definitely want to talk to you and so mm -hmm. um, and so jamie i ended up doing an internship with him and got the bug <laughs> and i knew that i was supposed to take this path and um the last thing i'll say in regards to that is I had been accepted into Northwestern University's six-year medical program just because of my grades and because, you know, I had a heart to want to help people. So that doctor part, you know, was also an affinity towards me, but I realize I'm a doctor of dreams and destiny, <laughs> um, but I, I ended up changing my major before starting to radio, TV, film, and my minor was in broadcast journalism. So I was able to have a 360 understanding of arts, entertainment, and media um, and continue to work in the arts and in, um, and in TV production um, while I was in college, as well as picked up modeling and uh, was a, a, a well-known high fashion model while I was in college and a little beyond college uh, and did the opening for Bloomingdale's and was the one of two American models uh, that was there. So, I mean, from modeling to singing, to dancing, to production, to producing, working my way up from production assistant to producer, to writing, um, I was destined to be in the entertainment business. <laughs> wow, I love I love how so diverse you were. Like, what made you want to do, like, because some people do the whole dance and acting and, and that sort of thing, and then they want to be on Broadway. Like, my whole family are very theatrical, so I love theatre. I, I, my family love it as well. Um, my sister's also a musical theatre performer. Um, so what made you want to go into producing rather than actually being on stage and doing it like that? Great question. So, so for me, I've always had a hybrid of being on and off camera. And so for me, when I was dancing, you know, I was invited into the full dance company, but I knew that college, I was college bound and that I for some reason, I'll just have to call it a sense of destiny. Like I always had these little promptings of destiny that would just check me in, in my heart that would say, while you love this, this is not what you're gonna do for the rest of your life. And so I had to forego, which was a hard decision and let them know that I didn't wanna be in the dance company um, because I was going to college. And so that was kind of the beginning of starting to make some destiny decisions that led me to, 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 to the question that you're asking. And then Broadway, you know, when you're in musicals and you're in theater, like, like your family, you know, I mean, I, I could see, I watched almost every musical, went to plays all the time. You know, when I went to, when even to this day, like, you know, I could see myself on Broadway, but I actually tested it out. And I went shortly after, after college, I went to New York and I was like, okay, is this what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life? And I didn't sense that from, from, the, from the trajectory that I was on. And I was still working in TV production, exposed to it, did my internship at ABC in Chicago, which is WLS TV, and was able to actually produce 13 episodes of the face-to-face -face with, um, with a well-known journalist, Vernon Jarrett. And, and the production just started taking on a life of its own and understanding show business just really began to, to, to grab hold of, of, of my life. And once I got you know, into creating content, I wrote, and I wrote directed and produced my first musical um, as a junior in college. And it was huge. I mean, we had professional models and professional dancers from Chicago 
drive down to Evanston, Illinois, and it was, I'm glad I recorded it because I think I'm going to put it up and it could be something that could go to Broadway. So I just, I felt more the writing, more the producing, more of the controlling content and knowing that I would actually create content that I could then later act in. Or, you know, like I said, do a hybrid of, of Barbara Streisand was one of my, uh, I call them silent mentors when you haven't met the person, but they're mentoring you. Mm -hmm. uh, so Barbara Streisand was one of those who I saw that you could do it in front of and behind the scenes. And so she was one of those people that, that became a model of, I've got to build a strong foundation of being able to produce and have the power to control images and messages and, and content. Um, and then I have to make sure that my writing is strong enough so that I can create these contents, create the content and bring it to market so that then you're really creating because the entrepreneur side of me, I think, is what the producing, um, you know, really uh, appealed to. And so um, my mom was an IT person and heavily in, in business uh, growing up for the first 18 years of my life and then owned a then shifted to real estate and owned a Remax franchise, um, you know, when I, from when I was in college. So I was very much exposed to business um, at a very high level, um, you know, from childhood to and even to present. So that entrepreneurial spirit, I believe, really attached to the producing side of me. And then the writing and creativity was very attached to the visionary and just being on stage from two and just loving um, arts and entertainment and, and theater and and movies and you know and all of the wonderful things that we that we love in this industry yeah it's interesting isn't it how you talk about control of like image and brand and stuff because I think some people really have a knack for it and really want to explore that like becoming the producer like I want to be involved in the creative thing but I don't need to be in the limelight but I have this sort of like entrepreneurial kind of like skill or aspiration that I need to explore and some people have that and they go into the directing and the producing and some people just go like you know what I really just want to be creative and and be on stage and I think sometimes it I think what you say about your kind of like faith your, the faith and the the uh, fate of your kind of like path of life like you were so evident that you were like this is I, I love the dancing and I love the dance company but something drew you as an entrepreneurial creative to go into this direction. It really did, Jamie. It, it, it drew me. And, you know, I, when I was a junior in college, it was a very um, palpable turning point for me because I also had a, I saw a vision. I literally was sitting in a class called Blacks in Media. And it was almost like in a moment, one might call it a daydream, but I really call it like this out of body vision that I, can't, I went to the future and I literally saw myself in the middle of what was what I would we now call it a conglomeration. And it was conglomerate of these companies, these media companies that were doing positive entertainment that was impacting society. And I was somewhere in the middle of what looked like an empire to me. And I turned to my friend, Cherie on the left of me and I said, Cherie, I'm in the middle of this media empire. And this is so exciting. And she looked at me and she said, Danita, of all people, I really believe that, that you are definitely going to be in the middle of a media empire in the future. And, and I say that um, because it really planted a seed in me 
that as I was listening to other African-Americans who owned production companies like Oscar Michaud, who owned a film company, he's one of the first, and, and just others who owned radio and, and, and other types of, of media, it really, um, it just opened me up to not only exercising my creative gifts, whether on camera or off, um, but to what it means to be the, the captain of your ship and to, to actually architect a business structure around yourself so that you're not only an employee, but you're building a career and not just looking for a job. And I believe yeah. that, you see what I'm saying? That experience allowed, it wasn't so much that I, I forsook being in front of the camera. It was just on my own terms and how I will create a hybrid of when you're multi-gifted, and I was, I'm an ampervert. I was labeled a child prodigy and everything I did just turned to gold. Many times, if that's not harnessed and if that's not put in the proper context, it could be the term jack of all trade and master of none, or else it can grow up into a Renaissance woman as, as I'm blessed to have been, to have grown up into. And so if you, if you look at your hand, I'll just say this to you, we have five fingers. And I had to take three years of Latin. And so <laughs> it better, it better mean something in my life. And there's a, a phrase, e pluribus unum, and it means one out of many. And we have five fingers, but one hand. I had five talents, but, but one body. And I learned how to house those five talents and know how to stagger them in a way that I could house my house of destiny, if you will, in such a way that I could really flow and enjoy my giftings without forsaking one for the other. But there's a time and a season for them all. And I'm in a season now where oddly enough, it's actually a convergence of my behind the scenes and my in front of the scenes um, as an inspirational brand, um, but also as the CEO of Destiny Unlimited and the founder of Destiny Outreach. Mm. It's interesting how you talk about like five, the five skills or the five kind of attributes you have as a person in your body. And it's, you talk about like timing, like one of those things can't override the one of the other, the second one or the third one. And mm -hmm. so like, I think when you're multi-talented, it's difficult sometimes to give enough time for each of them. How do you designate each time for each of them and know when the right time is to do something with one of your schools and then not with the other one? Very wonderful question. I, I When I was growing up, it was effortless. I mean, I, I didn't even tell you that I was a gymnast, a competing gymnast. <laughs> you know, so I was tap, ballet, jazz, gymnast. Uh, I was a cheerleader, uh, and I was and I was smart in school, and you know, getting A's and, and all of that. And it was I can't even I can't even explain it. I was in dance junior dance company. It just came so natural because obviously I was just born to do that. As we get a little older. And we don't necessarily have parents who are really, you know, being guardians in such a way that we don't realize how much they're doing to really help put guardrails so that we can do all of those wonderful things and seamlessly do it. Now that you're managing that yourself, I call it action learning labs. You have to know in different seasons of your life, what is it time for? And it doesn't mean that you may be forsaking the other things, but it, it, it just can, can, for instance, um, I was heavily in production for the first 
10 years of, of my of my career from age 16 to 26. And you know, heavy production and then development came in on the on the on the the tell like at year seven of my production career. But I had a strong foundation in production. But then I realized I really want to be closer to content and creating content. So instead of taking the writer trajectory, you know, all the way from writing trainee, staff writer, story editor, you know, all the way up to, you know, supervising producer, coordinating producer, you know, and, and executive producer, I really knew that I didn't want to forsake my producing background. And so I chose to lean more into development, which would allow me to be close to content and packaging great ideas to bring them into fruition, which is what I loved most um, about this, the whole producing. It's something comes out of nothing and, and you're producing it and you're, you're touching and blessing lives and, and impacting society through, through this message or through this medium that, that or, 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 or images that you are portraying through the medium. And so, so for me, you know, I found that development came in. And so then I was a little more in development, closer to content, closer to talent and, and packaging, um, as well as architecting. You know, I, I think I may have shared with you that um, when I don't think I, I did, when I graduated from college two years later, I moved to Los Angeles and landed my first job on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which you know at that time was the number one sitcom with Will Smith. And then shortly thereafter, I started working directly for him. And I built his first production company as his director of development. And I also, because of the business background and putting him in the center of his business universe, I also was his administrative manager who architect you know, a system around him so that he could feel like he was the master of his universe of all these agents, managers, lawyers, accountants, publicists, and, you know, and just all the things that orbit a major talent like that. And so I was just very fortunate to be a part of, of his foundations that we now see to this day, you know, his career just really blossomed even further than, than music and TV into being a huge box office star. And, uh, and then also, um, you know, it just really blessed me to understand multi-platform. So I put myself in a position to see how someone was in TV, film, and music because I was multi-gifted. So the, another answer to your question is sometimes you have to surround yourself by other people who are anomalies, who have learned how to put these systems around themselves and having been a part of his system, it really helped me as an adult to know how to put some systems around myself and to do the things that I did for him, to do it for myself and to let people do some of those things with and for me. So you just have to know what your season is, just like we have fall and summer and spring and, and winter. Um, we have to know what seasons we're in for our music, for our TV, for our film or for the different gifts that we may have. I hope that answers that question. Yeah, yeah. And I think and tapping into kind of Will Smith's career in terms of how curating it like it seems like for for him particularly he had such an amazing support network that allowed him to lever to lever up into a kind of another plane and i think you see that more nowadays i think more with uh, certain artists and certain actresses or whatever they can really understand about how to be their own business or their own brand things so they're just not taking orders they're really curating their own space mm -hmm. that is so true and you know it's so interesting because i 
I literally, during the time that I was, I was, I was growing up in this industry of, of Hollywood, multimedia, multi-platform careers was rare. So you had Michael Jackson, Barbra Streisand, uh, you know, Diana Ross, you know, who were some of those silent mentors that I shared. But, you know, but in the past, maybe you had like the, you know, I guess I love musicals, the Bing Crosby's and the, um, you know, and the Bob Hopes and, and, and all of those people who you could see were singing and dancing. But in terms of careers where they were con controlling being in film and TV, it was very segmented. You were either in television, you were either in film, you were either in music, and there really wasn't a lot of cross-pollination. So to have certain artists who were able to do that, it really boiled down to the team that was around them. So you really nailed it, Jamie. It's who's the team around us that allows us to be able to flourish in the multi-gifts that we have, who can also make sure we're in a balancing act of having those balls in the air without dropping one, and then knowing which ball, which talent, which gift you know needs to be. So I'm gonna give you just an example. When we were working, particularly at Fresh Prince, uh, eight months we were working on the sitcom, okay? And then up in those eight months, we worked three weeks and we were off one week. On the week that we were off, he would go and do international music concerts. Then, so that's eight months of the year and then one week out of each month, you know, he's able to do something with his music. But then over the summer, the four months that are off, he would do a movie. So you see how there was a structure of scheduling, but there's also a structure of each person who's part of the different parts of his career, or, or let's use ourselves for that matter. Um, you can have them where, okay, you have this week, or you have this time slot, or you have this four months, or this two month aspect and I'm taking this month off. So some of it really gets down to what is your team? What is your time management? And, and, and what are the ways in which you, you know how you also have to play hard, work hard and rest hard. The last thing I'll say is I actually hired a time management coach because I was living in two cities, running two businesses and, um, <laughs> You know, and I just, and I had these multi-gifts. And so it really actually helped me learn a skill set of how to manage the Renaissance aspect of, of what I was being so that it could be effortless for me, even though it might've looked challenging to someone else, it became effortless for me. Um, but the key that I'm in right now uh, is really even building more team around me in the same way as we were sharing was built around Will so that in this season of launch of several new things that are happening in the full scale of, of the vision that I have, um, I can be fully supported in the way that I've seen that that helped talent like him, talent like Oprah Winfrey, um, and just others who have had strong support systems around them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's all about your, your the support around you though, isn't it? Like I think people get so confused with the idea that they, it's one person, but then when you when you're in the industry, you you know, like the certain managers who are working with the talent, like the PRs, like you understand all the kind of different components that someone needs. But from the outside, it's like the whole iceberg thing. It's like they only see the top bit, but they don't see all the work that's come underneath. They don't, and it's it's the hidden figures behind. You know, and, and that's what I think is a shame in our industry is, you know, we have an industry that has a lot of pride and a lot of narcissism. 
but I, I think even with what happened last year, um, a lot of humility and a lot of understanding of even in America, the gig workers. Um, Los Angeles is primarily um, a lot of independent, independent contractors and gig workers and a whole nother system had to be created even for the unemployment system in America because it was all slighted towards people who work in corporate America getting unemployment or in a, in a, in a regular trajectory. But literally entertainment is one of the number one exports in, in America and many people would have been left you know, probably to destitution had there not been some systems put in place. So when I just, when I look at, you know, all these hidden figures and all these people who work behind the scenes that really make this business tick, we really have built a system that I think crumbled to say that, that no one is important other than the person who has the face on the screen or who has, um, you know, who, who's the out front person. However, it's all of us. It's, 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 it's not me, it's we. And so I love when you see the Academy Awards, um, you know, people giving honor to, to all of the team and the, and the people who made this possible because it's really teamwork makes the dream work and players play, but, but teams win. And that's a saying that my mom says all the time and it makes so much sense. I love sports and being from Chicago, Michael Jordan to me is the best player ever. And he was awesome and a superstar, but he didn't start winning rings until he had a good team and supporting cast around him with Scottie Pippen and Rodman and Paxton and, you know, and you name it. And so um, I saw that and I look at the leadership skills that I learned even from sports that you got to be a team player if you really want to win. Mm, 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 mm. I, I totally agree. And so as we sort of like round up our, our podcast, what I always love to ask my guests is, um, our give back like what would you give back to our audience that's that's inspired you I know you've spoken about loads of different things and we can definitely take away from something but is there like a kind of like a mantra a book uh, a piece of film uh, anything that you would kind of give back to our audience to inspire them you know um, I'd like to just say this part of my platform with uh, Danita Patterson, you know, I've, I've done a lot to empower others and, and as also an international speaker, um, I speak to co-ed, but also women and, and, and youth and next generation leaders. And, and I would really say it's best to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. And what I would really say is it's important to train for the day of raining. And what I mean by that is a lot of times people want something without the proper preparation to be ready for the dreams and the destiny that they want. Through my organization, Destiny Outreach, which really is my give back, we work with teens and, and millennials and as well as adults, 12 to 17 and 18 to 35 plus, helping them to realize their ultimate potential in life, school and work and exposing them to careers in entertainment, technology, and business. But what I've learned not only through that and touching and impacting lives is that it's really, so many people aren't living the dreams and the passion and the destiny that, that they were born to do. And so begin to ask yourself some questions. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And how can I impact society? And so my give back is to unlock other people's destiny as I live my destiny out loud. It's 
important for others to live their destiny out loud so that we together can make a difference and enjoy the lives that we've been given. If, and if there's no gift that COVID-19 and the pandemic didn't give us, the gift that it gave us was understanding the preciousness of life. And it also gave us the understanding of, of knowing that we have to focus on the priorities of what really matters. And if we leave this planet tomorrow, what mark would we have made? Where would our priorities have shown themselves to have been? Are we focused on material things or are we focused on the intangible palpable things of love and joy and hope and peace and unity and care and, and, and being able to be one with each other and respecting humanity. And so for me, the give back would be be prepared for those opportunities, but also live and live fully without apology, the destiny and the purpose that God has given you because you matter and we need you. And if your dream and your destiny does not come into fruition, you're gonna be robbing us and robbing society of the most incredible gift. And that gift is you. I love that. What an amazing gift back. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. What? I love the show. I love this concept and, and what you're doing. So inspiring. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for your words of wisdom. And I've become come away so inspired from what you just said. So thank you very, very much. You're so welcome. It's my pleasure. <laughs> this is 360 Yourself and I'm Jamie Neal. Thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes. They are released every Sunday at 12 p.m. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcasts and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360 and our host at Jamie Neal JN. Thank you for listening.